Forty chess. Yeah. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Let's get it. Forty chess. This a trade show, Patreon where the trades go Tapping and watch, that's what you came for Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro What's good, man? We got McNutted in H.E.M. Always start off the show with a trade from them You should always make sure that your trade is in Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them Tap in and say what you gonna say with them Stop home and can fill up a stadium Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend We about to kick off, let the day begin Go follow the socials, 40 chess FF is posted If your trade is an F, you get roasted Go like and subscribe for the crew Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube You know Cooper got the wall too Let us give you a walkthrough 40 chess This is 40 chess What's good, everybody? Welcome back into the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Over 100 episodes, and of course, there's no Mike. There's no McNutted. He's got back pain. He's kind of like Amari Cooper. The game's on the line. We thought he was going to play. Can't go. So we got my brother-in-law here. We're going to do a little, right before the Browns game, we're getting ready to record this. We have the elves in the toy room. This is coming live from the toy room. Um... It's us, adults, kind of. We're big kids. Anyway, Chris, what's going on, man? This guy is playing in two leagues with me. I think you're in two dynasty leagues total, right? Two dynasty, one start and one best ball. Yeah, one lineup, one best ball. And uh, unfortunately, I am on the couch as he just beat me in a crazy matchup. Uh, record setting. Record setting. He had almost 300 points. Had a pretty good squad, so surprised to lose in that one. But you built up a great team. Breeze Hall went bananas. Uh, Puka Nakua, a few other guys, so... Chris is in the title game, and he's also going against Amari Cooper, so all the luck is headed your way right now, man. We'll see about that. I got a couple of questionable guys, too, so I hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't come back to bite me, so I'm not cheering just yet. No, of course not, but um, yeah, wanted to have you hop on. Um, you know, we, you're know, you 2-1 and one against me now in the playoffs overall. We've been playing Dynasty for three years now together, yep. so I uh, wanted to have Chris come on. Honestly, I want to talk a little bit about, just for you this year, anything that you learned or anything that for you stuck out um, as a whole in, in dynasty your approach yeah I think just remaining uh, patient um, and and staying sh- not only true to your strategy but staying true to your strategies because you can't always control what uh, um, not only what your team's gonna do but the t- people that you're trying to um, trade with are are looking out there uh, what they're what they're looking to do too so you know remain calm remain patient and uh when when the opportunity presents itself strike and if it doesn't try not to get discouraged uh like i have quite a few times and take it out on the message boards and (laughs) and uh i'm a little bit of a keyboard warrior sometimes but uh, luckily i think the guys that play with me know that um know that by now so yeah i think we got to get you and mike in a league because Mike's also a little bit of a keyboard warrior. He comes really strong with the gifts, so it would be it would be fun to see uh, some back and forth between you two in the league. I um, like to think my gifts my gift game's pretty strong too, so I yeah. would welcome I would welcome that uh, that matchup that competition. It would be fun. It would be fun to see. I think um, a point you just made there is a pretty good one. And Dynasty Degenerates, it's not necessarily that you have a strategy as you go in. 
and being a little flexible. I think that's something. But I think what, what can happen for everybody as the season goes along is when your strategy either feels like it's not going 100% according to plan or you haven't been able to make moves and you see other people making moves, it's easy to kind of chase. And Absolutely. I think when you start chasing, you can find yourself making one or two critical trades, which then become very errant. So like uh, in the league that I'm in with you, when I look at it in hindsight, it's easy to say like a Patrick Mahomes trade that I made was a bad one. And at the time, I actually felt really good about it. But when I look back, one of the things I want to do going into next year is going to be like, where did I make errors? Where did I make big ones? And how can I look at that and say, okay, that was the not just did I make an error, but why did I do that? And how can I avoid that in the future? So a trade I made in this league that I'm in with uh, Chris is I traded for Patrick Mahomes when he's kind of on his down, down slope, right? We've seen right now that Patrick Mahomes' whole Chiefs offense is way out of sync. It's as bad as it's, I think, ever looked since Mahomes has been playing there. But I traded away uh, George Kittle, Brock Purdy, and two first that are going to have a chance to be mid to early for Patrick Mahomes straight up. At the time, I'm like, man, let me get off this Brock Purdy share. You know, like, if I can get off Brock Purdy to get to Mahomes, Absolutely. like, the, the, the excess to me is like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> but the reality was... Not even that George Kittle was a really good piece of my tight end room, but what could I really have done with those firsts on top of yeah. it? You know? Yep. And then what does that look like when I look at the trade as a whole? And it was against process, but it was a guy that I felt was worth it for. And mm-hmm. I think the reality is no matter how much equity you've built up, I think that the reality is for me, I need to stay away from trades that are so against process, even when you feel like you're walking away with a prize. Those need to be very few and far between. And I think in best ball leagues, that's the case. In lineup leagues, we can have a different discussion. Absolutely. But in best ball leagues, I think yeah. that's a big thing for me. I think in hindsight, too, uh, first of all, when he made that trade, I blame all of the Chiefs' struggles on Adam because I swear the moment he made that trade is right when uh, the Chiefs just, like, everybody was starting to think, like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't the Chiefs' team that – that we're used to. I think long-term is still a good trade, but I also think in my own opinion that you may have gotten a little tunnel vision looking at just this season, which again, given in that moment, that's still mm-hmm. probably a really good trade. Nobody in, in anybody would never would have seen what is happening happen sure. um, right now. But yeah, you, you got like that, that prime time player put up in your, in your DMs and you're just like, oh man, this is the moment. This is my chance to go get him. So again, long term, great. I think that's you, you're you're set. You're fantastic. I'd do that trade a hundred times over. Um, but you know, with what your strategy was, having the team that he has without you guys being able to see it, his team is is stacked. We can put, put it on the screen for the video. Um, you can see the yeah. His, his team is is stacked. I mean, I put up record setting numbers, but I didn't even. I didn't even start talking smack to him until there was one minute left in the Monday night football game uh, when the score was like 280 to 230 or something like that, and he still had Lamar Jackson left to play, and I can't remember. Brandon Brandon Ayuk. Like at any moment in time, they could could go for, you know, a 12-point play or something like that and, 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 you know, just get you even that much closer. So, Yeah. uh, yeah, I fully agree with what you just said about you know, staying true to your guns and, and, and trying not to, uh, or, and, and, uh, you know, consider your options when you're, you know, you're going after a, that's a big trade that you made. Sure. Right. And, and consider your options, like you said, with those first, because, um, 
what he may get to next is when he made that trade, he made, uh, actually the guy that he made the trade to is in the championship game with me right now. Yep. And, uh, he took those first and turned them around and immediately added like three more pieces to his, to his team. So like you just said, just, uh, consider all options, try not to get, you know, tunnel vision and locked in on your guys. Again, I, just, I still think it's a great trade. It's just, in, just one of those in hindsight didn't work out in your favor, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, the other thing too is with, um, in trades in general is I could sit here and say in that market first, don't move that well, but you know, how, how hard did I shop them? How much did I consider the timing? Right. It was after I made that move with Jacob, he didn't move him like very next day. It took him a week, but mm-hmm patient another week what's available now right. right what's available next week right um in that league we do have a trade deadline but it's right before the playoffs start so i made it with plenty of time um quickly changing i, I want to have everybody here um get a chance to just understand like a little bit about your process about um you know you've been playing since 2020 right dynasty yeah, yeah. What, and, what what these people you haven't told them yet yeah the, go the, ahead the, you got the well, we started together, but yeah. the first first ever dynasty league that that Adam joined was uh, not necessarily because of because of me, but you, we you joined invited and, me. Yeah, yeah, we we mm-hmm. joined we joined together, so he got that first taste, that first hit of dynasty football um, together. Now that we, well, I won't speak for him. I don't necessarily uh, enjoy that league as much as I enjoy some of the other leagues. But anyway, that's 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 yeah, ne- neither you. here nor there. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'll, I'll let you get back to. No, the, I was just. The, I was just going to say. I was it, giving you the floor to talk to them about yeah. how long you've been playing. Um, you know what things you like about it, don't like about it, what right. you've learned in your process of dynasty, and yeah. you know what you're looking at moving forward in dynasty sure. leagues. Yeah, I think 2020 was when we started, which was perfect because you know it was what a year into COVID, and it's like what else do we have to do? And you know, we, I'm already a sports junkie, so it's like, sure, yeah, let's take a stab at at, at dynasty and. Uh, I, I kind of immediately fell in love with it. Yeah. It's like I'm done with redraft leagues. It's like, yeah. nah, that that's that's one and done, you know, because you, you typically <laughs> yep. you draft your team and then, you know, that's it for the rest of the year. There's no there's no trades or anything like that. So uh, right. um so that was the first thing that I really started to like was the fact that, you know, you can make trades. This is your team. This is your team for life. And we both went in very wet behind the ears, um, so to say, and and you're kind of learning, learning as you go. I didn't, I didn't read a whole lot up on, you know, dynasty football strategies or anything uh, like that. So I, I, I did not draft very well um, uh, coming out of the gate. And our first league was what start, start nine. Lineup start nine. Yeah. Lineup start nine. I, yep. I didn't, I didn't draft very well. Um, and then uh, the following year, you, um, you started a best ball league. Yeah. Right. Yep. And. And at first, I was kind of hesitant about that. And now, best ball just completely overshadows start any number of, to me. I mean, there's certain, it's, it's just different strategies, right? Yeah. It's, it's really what it comes down to. And I think if you're in a best ball league, it's a lot easier to rebuild your team, in my own opinion, because my teams could not be any more polar opposite in my in our in our start nine league, uh, lineup league. Um, my team is just, it's trash. Like they're they're not good. I got quarterbacks. I I got quarterbacks out the wazoo. But he he's rebuilding and he's he's learning the quarterback horde long term approach. Right in that league, people are not even though the market really should warrant 
firsts and multiple firsts for these quarterbacks. Absolutely. You're getting, you're hanging on to them longer than you want. So, right. Um, and that's what I was kind of, I'm glad you touched on that because in the one league you're, you're in a, a rebuild, right. And trying to fire, find your ways to come out of it. The other league you're, I mean, as much into competing as you can be right. Futures yep. leveraged in, mm-hmm. um, multiple, you know, depth and d- depth at all the positions. Um, and this was where the strategy for you at least took place this season. You were struggling to find a way to get quarterbacks in the best ball yep, league. Absolutely. And found a way to get some throughout the waiver wire and also via trades later on, right? You got Kyler at a pretty good discount, yep. bought low. So I, I guess uh, overall, I, I wanted to get back to a point you made earlier. What was it about best ball leagues you said that there's different strategies, but for you, you were finding yourself not as into best ball early, but now you feel like it's even yeah. maybe more the optimal league format for you. Right. What, what what about best ball for you specifically makes it that way? So to me is I try to, uh, when I break down my team, I don't, I don't look at them as, you know, Kyler Murray and Easton stick, Brees Hall, you know, I don't view, I view my team as assets. So I like to be able to look at these guys and say, all right, I, I, I'm, I, I can buy at a good time um, for whatever price and I can either watch them grow or I can watch them decline. Um, But you just have so many more um, opportunities, right? Like you could buy to put it in terms of the stock market, right? You could, you could buy a, you know, Google or, or, or Apple, right. And they can, they could end up carrying your team when uh, you know, when you bought, I don't know, quantum scape or something like that that completely shit the bed right so you got it's basically that you have i don't know how many roster spots we have 30 roster spots or or whatnot and my whole and and that leads into my whole strategy which has been to have as many uh um you know dart throws as you can possibly have whereas you know in in your lineup leagues you know you got to have your big guns out and about right and you got to like you're not really you might not ever tear down in lineup. You might, or, you know, it depends how far you're tearing down. Right. Mm-hmm. But in best ball, you may be much more likely to, to tear down. Cause yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give up, you know, a piece to, to get three pieces, decent pieces. You know, I'll at least entertain the thought. I'm not going to say I'm going to do it anytime it's, it's offered to me, but when I can look at my, my lineup in best ball and feel like 75% of my team in a given week can make my starting lineup. I feel really good about that. Yeah. And I compare that to other teams in the league where it's like, you know, they might be at 50% or, or, or below. Again, I feel really good about that. Um, whereas in your lineup leagues, it's like you're rolling the dice, you're putting them out there and you say, Oh, all right, let's see what, <laughs> let's see what happens. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, cause you think about it in lineup, right? I, I think, for me, the there, there's a lot of reasons why I prefer best ball over lineup. It doesn't mean I'm shedding every single lineup league. I'm definitely playing way more in best ball than I am in lineup leagues. I think even going into this offseason, I'm going to evaluate some of my – how many leagues I'm playing in and have to take a, a, a look at specifically um, what that number looks like moving forward as I continue to do more startups each offseason. But with, with lineup and best ball, I think one of the – the biggest reasons why best ball for me is clearly the format I prefer. It actually is it's because it gives value to so many more players than would be really um, valued in a lineup league. So if you just think about a lineup league and we're talking a start nine, a start 10. So it's a little more of a shallow format. Even a guy like Jacoby Myers, who was up and down this year, mm-hmm. most people are going to cast off what he means. Now, 
there's a chance you could definitely squeeze him in your lineup in a lineup start nine and start 10 and then possibly have that be optimal. But most people aren't going to be valuing Jacoby Myers as a very good short-term or long-term asset. The reality is there's so many guys below him in best ball even that are going to mean something and I can actually value and have a reason to care about them. Right. And I think that in lineup start nine or 10, you really shallow out the ability for a lot of these players that we've looked at prospects and we've cared about since college to have them have any type of meaning in a, a league at all. Like yeah. you're basically going to continue to see in the lineup start nine and start 10 when people are savvy, I'm going to just package all these guys up to go get Absolutely. the big guy. And, right. And that becomes really stale in a lineup league exactly. because everyone yeah. starts learning. I don't want any of these guys and it makes their market really shitty. So I guess that, that, that for me is one of the reasons why I really love best ball over lineup because you have so many different options in tearing up and tearing down and so many players to value. Right. I think to add to that too, um, it, it, you're forced to uh, broaden your horizon and your knowledge on, on these players too, right? You are living on the waiver wire far more than you're living on the wa- waiver wire uh, in, a, in a lineup league. And, and you're uh, investing yourself and throwing yourself into uh, a, you know, the different players that might not make your lineup every week. They might not make your lineup every two weeks. But guess what? If he can make your lineup every three, four weeks, that's a good player. Right. In, in best ball, you mentioned, you know, Jacoby Myers. I immediately thought of Rashid Shahid, who helped me win my matchup this past week, right? And uh, I remember the very first, uh, uh, our draft, right? Uh, the, the best best ball player to me that came to mind, he was starting at the time, he's not starting anymore, was Jameis Winston, right? Mm-hmm. That dude could go for 40-plus points in a game, and he can go for four minus points in, yeah. in, in a game. Uh, uh, so... Just to uh, you know, the 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 good the good guys are obvious. The good players are obvious. It's it's the getting down into the thick of things and getting down into the weeds, which I actually think can make big difference in in your leagues, right? Sure. You can you track down the trap that track down the top dogs, you know, as much as you can. But then you know what's left after that? You got what 20, 20 roster spots or so after that left. Yeah. Down. And and guess what? Those guys aren't top dogs. So you yeah. know you got to really engulf yourself in the in the game. If- right. I think to the, to the strategy point, um, in best ball, like waiting on people, basically your lineup starting versus your bench is so drastically different. You, you can basically have guys in waiting as your entirety of your bench. If you mm-hmm. wanted to, especially right. with the taxi squad there sure. in best ball, you have to really monitor. Okay. How many of these guys am I keeping? Because I'm basically hindering yep. myself from getting points. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like you said, different strategies. I wanted to kind of also get into now, um, for you anyway, like after what you've seen from this year, um, you know, the quarterbacks, what was interesting to me, and I think is, is this isn't just a quarterback discussion. I think this is just a positional, um, check, like checking of yourself where it's okay. Last year, the quarterbacks scored very, very well. And at the top, they mattered a ton in leagues. And mm-hmm. this year, quarterback scoring across the board is much flatter. And it's also... Like you were, you were almost able to find replacement level points from anybody out there that had a job, as you were some of the guys that you paid astronomically for early in the year. Um, and as the landscape's kind of changing, right? Running backs are not valued like they used to be. Absolutely right. The receivers are skyrocketing, and as long as Koopa's around, you know the tight end position is going to continue to go down in value mm-hmm. because people are starting to see it's not necessarily optimal to carry a ton of 
dynasty value in that right. spot. You want points, but you don't want right. to spend your arm and a leg to do so. Mm-hmm. So moving forward for you anyway, like, are there anything that you, is there anything that you learned this year or that you think, all right, I, I can take away and say, going in, in the future, this is something I'm looking to implement or I think I'm going to try to when the opportunity presents itself. Things, things along that line. Is there anything that you're looking to really implement that you've learned from this season? I guess is kind of what I'm asking. That's a tough question because implement, um, I can I can talk into the past how I was kind of forced to implement into yeah, the process. Yeah, you can which use I that too. Did. So uh, going into this last previous season, you know, I came off a lot of my quarterbacks and I and I had a lot of first round draft picks, um, and thinking that all right, I'm going to be able to take these as as, as dollars as money and mm-hmm. go buy whatever quarterback I want. Liquidity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that trade that Adam mentioned earlier about trading for Patrick Mahomes, I offered that same dude five first round draft picks for Patrick Mahomes, and he, and he turned me down very early in the season. But uh, I, I I digress. I uh, I I was hoping that I you know I I came off a lot of my a lot of my quarterbacks. Daniel Jones was my was my QB one. I didn't have Kyler Murray, I, and uh, I was forced into uh, not forced, but you know I maneuvered my way into being able to draft for Bryce Young, which you guys all know how piss poor he's been doing this year uh, until last uh, week when he yeah, finally made lineups yeah, right he came in and he came alive at the right time for me so yeah. um but i think what i learned was was most was i had this idea that i needed to come off i had a stud rb uh, rb room yeah. right and and mm-hmm. uh we all know the shelf life of rbs but i had like five of the top 10 are uh running backs so you know if i keep them yeah whatever great uh, but at the same time, I'd like to come off some of these guys. And I started coming off of them. I came off of Deshaun Watson. I got really lucky because I came off, uh, came off of some guys that either got hurt or weren't, that ended up not doing as well. But um, along the way, I realized, all right, well, if people don't want to trade quarterbacks with me, maybe I get them to trade some position players with me. Sure. And just through patience and, and luck and uh, not necessarily perseverance, but just you know, just staying, staying true to what you're trying to do and not saying yes to desperate trade offers, which I think some guys, um, do and can really set you back. If you make like, you can make a bad trade, right? You can make a bad trade here and there, but yeah, every, everybody you, probably has right. made a bad I've, trade. Looking I've back. made plenty of them in yeah. the process, but, uh, just going after position players, position players, I mean, not quarterback players, um, ended up really helping me out. Uh, yeah. this year just through like I that wasn't necessarily my strategy when I set out for it but I this is what was available to me at the time um they hold their value I think a lot of people need to remember that like when you make a trade like yeah sure you hold this player but trade for a player that you know like I had four or five first round draft picks entering this year for 2024 and if you if you give those up, just know that those that player trade for a player that's going to retain value, not a trade, not a player that you're, you know, that you're just taking a shot at because sure. you know they can deflate in value. You know what I mean? And you yeah. hold on to that, and then you get rid of them at the right time. And usually the right time is when you're not ready to get rid of them. Uh, so that's probably what I learned most, and what I will continue to implement going forward is be flexible in your in your strategies. Right? Don't get don't get locked into oh I need I need a quarterback so bad if I can't get a quarterback my life is just over. Be willing to 
see outside the box and say, okay, well, what if I just upgrade a couple other positions that can make up, you know, for my quarterback? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny, man. And and Dynasty DeGeneres, shitheads, Mike's not here, but, you know, I I think a lot of times people are looking to prey on some, you know, I'm going to get this crazy deal, right? I'm going to have this, I'm going to eventually be able to leverage what I have into some some shit lord and they're going to do give me what I want and they're going to kind of succumb to my will. And maybe that will happen for you, but it's interesting because really what I hear from listening to that um and Dynasty James think about this, I think in in a single word for me it's just being the ability to adapt, right? And absolutely. And I think the reason I say that that's a big thing is one, I think every year you'll find some things change year in year out, right? whether it's the market, um, what people value certain positions, what people um, are willing to trade. I mean, sometimes it's weekly that they'll differ on what they'll they'll give you in a trade and what they won't. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's weekly because of what they need. Sometimes it's weekly because of a player doing really well or doing really poorly. And I think to a point you made where it's, man, I don't want to come off this guy. He's got three weeks really good in a row. Why would I trade him right now? Mm -hmm. Well, what if he has three weeks really bad in a row now? Right. You might be looking back wishing I would have made that trade. That's why I mentioned the stock market, right? Yep. When that when that stock is peaking, right? And you're don't get greedy. You get greedy, and next thing you know, a plum. You I mean you might be right. It might keep going up, but at the same time, you know what? You you don't you don't make a, a profit or a loss until you actually lock in that profit or a loss. So if you want to hold on to a guy, by all means hold on to a guy. But you know, if somebody's offering you, you know, a, a what seems to be a reasonable deal at the time. You know, you might want to entertain it more than more than you actually think, right? You yeah, know, it's it's uh, it's it's hard to pull pull the trigger on some on some of these trades. I completely get it, and uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And there's only one way to find out if you uh, made the right or wrong choice, and that's actually to actually do do the damn thing. So yeah, I think too, you everyone can look back. I, this is where, especially with being able to uh, willing to adapt, right? You may take on a trade and you don't feel the greatest about it at the time, but you're like, man, this, this seems like the right process play. You could end up looking back and be like, man, why did I freaking make that trade? Can I give I an did, example? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I traded Deshaun Watson before the season started Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb for three first round draft picks. Now, two of those are going to be pretty, pretty darn high. Again, hindsight that we didn't know I was yeah, going to work and to out. Give, but to give context, yeah. the, the manager, which uh, sent you those first, did not have a roster construction which we would even consider close. You were right. betting you were betting from the beginning taking those on that two of those three draft this. picks were going to be very high. Yeah. Having or when I say that, have a chance to be in the top 3 4 right. picks. Right. Right, absolutely. I turned one of them into Bryce Young. I mean, so you can I flubbed that up, but I turned the other ones into I can't tell you tell you. Well, no, I can I turned them into uh Justin Jefferson. So there you, there you go. Two of those first round draft picks plus Luke Musgrave. Right. Yep. So you had a Musgrave to him to get that right. And, mm-hmm. and at the time, you I think had a little bit of uh, I guess seller's remorse. You were like, man, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Absolutely. And now you're like, man, why would I ever have not made that trade? I had that remorse though because I couldn't find anybody to take those first round draft picks off my hands. Which you mentioned earlier, what I learned this season. Uh, I think what I learned most is when draft picks are valuable and when draft picks are not valuable. And guess when they're not as valuable uh, is during the season. You know, you, you need people, everybody thinks that in our league, we, 11 of the 12 people thought that they were going to have a shot at the championship. That wasn't realistic whatsoever, Right. but that doesn't mean anything 
that doesn't help me out. I can't convince them. That's just me being a dick to them. If I want to tell them like, yeah, look, you, your team is trash. Like trade these trade for me uh, right now. That's where I mentioned earlier. Be, be patient. Um, and, uh, and, and just know when, I don't know. It's hard to know when it's luck, right? I mean, I was going to say no, when the timing is right, but I, I don't know half the guys that I play with. Sure. Right. But after sure. playing with them for a few years, you get to know them a little bit, a little bit better and just keep the, you know, keep the conversation as civil as, as possible and, and get to know them and let them know, you know, uh, you know, doors always open. And again, it comes back to luck and timing because, you know, I know everybody that listens and plays, uh, uh, dynasty football sees trades go through and gets pissed off it happens to everybody like are you sure. fucking kidding me on this trade right now <laughs> i'm the guy that's known as i would have give you more that's what they tell me all the time the great oh he would always given you more even though i didn't give him an offer he, i didn't know the dude was on the block but anyway that's neither here nor there yeah i'm just letting just letting everybody gets pissed off when you see certain sure. trades come through uh but that's where i'm just saying remind yourself remain patient and you know, if it doesn't go your way this year, you don't play dynasty football for year to year. You play dynasty football because it is forever. And yeah, everybody wants to win every single year, but not everybody can win every single year, right? Only not one. Last does. I checked, only one. There's only one champion. That's true. You know? And last year there was none because nobody technically yeah. <laughs> won. Um, no, but I think the point to to me about that though is that um, a, a good point you made is is you can't necessarily know how all your league mates are going to value things all the time. Right. But you can start to see tendencies and you, you brought up a point that, okay, we're going into this, right? The season is finishing as when you hear this on Friday or whenever you listen to it after the fact, the season's basically over. If you're in the play, if you're in the championship, you're in it. If not, the season's really over for you. Right. We're talking about next year already. Now to the point you just made draft picks are going to continue to increase in value mm-hmm. until the combine comes around and the mm-hmm. Olympics till, till, you know, we see all these different mocks everyone's going to pay all this attention to. And the 24 class is going to keep going up in value. And then actually, after you make the pick, there may be a little bit of a decrease in value, but there's still the potential for all the rookie hype to keep going. However, those now become players. But then the 25 class picks, as we swing into the season, okay, that's they're all great. Everyone still may value youth and they may look ahead to 25, even though it's not the greatest class in the high end. It's what we see in prospects. And I might want to get some of these picks. Like, I look at all these young guys that are mattering as far as dynasty value. But as soon as August rolls around in particular, the pendulum starts to, swift, uh, to switch towards players. And it's everybody wants to see, look at their lineup or their depth. And I don't want picks right now. I mean, maybe. But if you give it to me really cheap, I want it. Mm-hmm. They, they don't really care about picks as much then. So understanding that. Okay, just because that's the way that it is, maybe you can find a way to buy a couple picks up cheap when right. when you don't really want to. You right. think you want players. I think a lot of it is understanding the difference in, in startup values, draft pick values, and rookie picks, and player values. And if you see big errors in that, continually going to where the value is there. Yeah, right? not, not necessarily yeah. saying I have to have this asset or this asset, understanding they're all, they're all looped into the same value. Right. That I th- I think the the uh, the uh, I don't know exactly what the word I am is that's looking but that like whatever is most valuable ebbs and flows throughout mm-hmm. the season right well whether it's whether it's picks and players and if you can there's so many moving pieces and parts in dynasty that I think the really good players 
um, understand and the really bad players probably just through lack of time that they're committing to the to the game where it's like if you can find uh, a, a niche or a, or a part of dynasty where you can get ahead of the rest of the league um, you can exploit that and what I mean by that is you know like look at draft classes Adam mentioned that you know the 2025 draft class isn't looking as good as the 2024 draft class right now. I mean, it just happens, right? Like, um, so maybe when you're looking to make a trade, see if the guy will take a 2025. Like I came off all, a lot of my 2025 draft picks because as of right now, I'm not a believer in the 20, 2025 draft class, but there's a lot of guys that rely on third party websites to tell them that, a 2025 first round high round draft pick is worth X amount of points. And this will do wonders for your team. Well, guess what? If the players, you know, aren't as good, then you know what? They don't mean that then that first round draft pick isn't as valuable as the, that as that point total that they're, you know, applying to it. So that's just an example. There's other examples too, about, like I mentioned, selling high on, on players. You know, I think Mike would, firmly agree with that from what I've how I've listened to what what he talks I mean there's no one size fits all approach it's it's what works for you and what is comfortable plus like I said luck man there's just like so many people are probably not humble enough to admit that there is just so much luck that that goes into um you know winning trades or you know winning in general right but going back to what we mentioned before about why we like best ball I mean you know, you can take a little bit of luck out of the equation when you have a shit ton of studs on your team. Whereas in lineup, it's like there's far more luck in lineup than there is in best ball. I can tell you that much right now. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm, it, that, that's true. And I think the variance, um, I would say this in, in lineup, because you're setting a, you're submitting a lineup that has nine players, that, that could just literally be weekly. Did you have one of your guys that's supposed to be a stud get hurt? Did one of them have a dud week? There is a ton of variance in there. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting to pull moving forward for best ball, um, and Mike kind of mentioned this with with normie leagues, he called them, right? And I think the reality is if we, when we look at best ball leagues, we feel really good about the way you can kind of build, which is essentially when you look at your team, if you continue to pile up depth, have a, have a decent amount of studs at the top, with as many shots at the dartboard as possible, that's optimal. And you're constantly looking to have a blend of high-end assets with depth in players. Okay, now that, if you have that and other people primarily don't, you're going to have a significant edge in best ball. I think what's going to continue to happen is best ball becomes more popular and people listen to shows like this or other shows that are podcasts that talk about how important depth is in best ball. If everybody's lineup looks similar, if everybody starts realizing I need to have some depth and high, if that becomes more of the norm, which in theory it will continue to be more of the norm, your edges are going to become smaller right. because if you have that same variance that lineup has in 9, 10, 11 guys, but now we're talking 30, right? I mean, you just pick up the right waiver wire two guys, yeah. all of a sudden that could be the reason you win and lose. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. I think right now in best ball it's pretty clear though. Um, you can – absolutely give yourself huge edges versus the field pr- pretty much if you want to apply the depth the depth principles that we've talked about a lot of times what'll be interesting for me moving forward i think 
in the way this offseason, I, I approach both my leagues and everybody that listens to this show, people that um, you know ask questions, advice. I, I think there's a lot of different ways to approach Dynasty as far as trade values, players, shit, a- anything really. I've seen so many play people play different fucking ways in, in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. And some of them I could tell you two years ago, I'd be like, man, that is the dumbest fucking way <laughs> to play Dynasty. And I can't wait to bet against this guy's team, but he's still relevant today. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is I think as a whole, we'll ask a question, right? 12 team super flex lineup start 10 player X, Y, Z, or this player X, Y, and the pick. Okay. And I can give you an answer for that. I'd give you what my answer is. Mike can, you can, any person right. can give you their answer, but are you going to, when they give you that answer, there's a reason why. Okay, so so now are you going to continue to apply the reasons that Mike will, would or make that trade? Mm-hmm. So if you make that trade that Mike tells you to make or I tell you to make or anybody tells you to make, there's a reason we would take it. Are you going to continue to do that with your team right. or not? Mm-hmm. Because if it's just one trade you're going to apply this to, th- th- there's a there's a totally different approach that you look at how Mike plays Dynasty than the majority of people will play the game. He's mm-hmm. going to take trades that people... Those that's gross as fuck. Why would you take that trade? This yeah. is terrible, bro. I'm never making that trade. Most people will tell you that, but they're going to ask him for the advice of, "What do you think about this?" And when he does that, tells you the advice, you're going to take it, but you're not going to apply it to the tenth degree. Yeah. The reality, I think, is everybody has a way that they're going to play dynasty, and the reality is, you've got to be honest with yourself about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think if it's different than Mike, maybe you don't win as much as he does. Maybe you do, but. Don't start doing things against your process if you're not going to change that. And I think right. the reality is you Absolutely. have to look at how you play the game and it just be comfortable in playing that way sometimes. Right. Yeah, you like I said earlier, not everybody there can only be one champion at the end of the year, right? Keep keep doing what you're doing, keep building uh your team and 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 always look to make moves and but stay true to yourself and stay, stay true to your process. And, and maybe we even need to back up and say, do you even have a process? Right. Well, right? now, if you like, don't have a process, that's probably, if you're just making willy-nilly trades across the right. board. This that, guy was that, available, so I just traded for him. That, that more often than not is probably going to end up really bad and disastrous. Yeah. But right. if, if you don't trade exactly how I trade or Mike trades, or maybe you're going to end up beating us more often than not. Maybe you have reasons that you do that. And I think the reason I say that... Um, the segue into the offseason is think about this, right? Go back 50 years and look at life. What what did it look like? Look at today. They're, they're drastically different. So if you say to yourself, I want a shit ton of leads, let's say. Let, let's say even you're, you're doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. How are you going to keep doing well? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's going to continue to do what you talked about. It's interesting you brought that up. I think adapt is what everybody does in Dynasty. Right. They start thinking about how I can get better and how this how the system should change or what I should do to, you know, capitalize on this change and that change. And I think the reason that's important is if we say, okay, in best ball, you just keep doing the depth thing and you keep tearing down. If everybody eventually does that, what makes you different? I think the reality is in Dynasty, what I'm chasing for my teams, win or lose, is to play the way I want to and be different. And there's gonna be times where I can look back and say, God damn, that was terrible. That right. was awful. I really yeah. wish I wouldn't have done this, but I can learn through that. Yeah. And I can also make my teams better in the future. And I think that's 
for me, this off season going to be a lot of a lot of layers. I start to peel back is how how can we continue to innovate like our process? If we want to play this game and care more than most people do, if we're going to put this much time into it, yes, winning is important. But you're putting way more than your league dues into investing into the league. Absolutely. How can I how can I kind of look at this differently and see if I can take advantage of certain situations that I wasn't before right. or what can I do better to improve my process to innovate, to be different than the rest of the league? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, it, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about viewing it as if, if you're in the stock market, right? You know, I, Adam and I both have really good teams. I will openly admit that Adam's team on paper is, is slightly better than mine, but guess what? On You don't play on paper. You play week to week. And last week, I put up a, a top four score of all time, and guess what? He put up a top seven score of all time, and that's what it took for me for me to beat him. Um, but I think what it comes down to, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of things, but it's, it's making moves um, when you're not necessarily ready to make moves. So if you're asking me, like, all right, I'm, I'm in the championship game, and let's just say I happen to win the championship game, right? Am I going to roll with the same squad coming out next year? No, probably not. I'm gonna be. I gotta be ready and willing to move on from some of the guys that I have on my team, and maybe taking a step back so I can take another another two step two steps forward. Right? I have Bijan Robinson on my team. I got Brees Hall on my team. I might have to come off one of those guys to you know add a couple of firsts plus a player, and then guess what? I can flip that into another player or two or three that makes my squad younger and makes my squad more relevant for longer. And I think that's probably the most challenging part of dynasty football is keeping your is is the idea of keeping your team as relevant as possible. And if you get your team in the right place, um, I think you can remain relevant for a very very long time. But only uh, if you play it right. Right? You got to be able to strike when the iron is hot, uh, move guys when they're at their peak, not be scared to say, "Oh my gosh, what am I going to do without this guy?" on my team and know that you acquired assets, right? You didn't, you didn't just give up all-star player a, you also acquired assets that are going to help you acquire more assets in the future, whether it be this year or next year, it's positioning yourself to be the best that your team can be, um, at the given time. Now I will say, um, coming from a, a team that is, is top notch. My team is good. I mean, I, I, my quarterbacks are I don't even know how you describe it. Blah. Um, but the rest of my squad is, I would put them up against anybody, right? Um, so, and but then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm in a lineup league where I'm trying to rebuild and I'm with you guys that are out there where it sucks. It does. There's, there, I will, there is a little bit of fun to it for me, but it also depends on the league that you're in and your league mates and what they're actually trying to do. But when your league mate is trying to trade you, Jahan Dotson for Kyler Murray straight up. That's not very fun right now. By the way, I have Kyler Murray and and I'm trying to get and and I guess he thinks I want Jahan Dotson straight up for that. But guess what? I don't. I don't. And I'm not desperate. I will sit on these quarterbacks and I will just watch from the sideline, uh, just sucking until I acquire enough draft picks where I can be um, relevant. Or you know, at the end of the day, um, there are some people out there. You quit. Just leave. Leave the league. You don't. You know I. I have a set of rules that I try to live by when I join dynasty dynasty is, is not necessarily for life, but it is a, 
it is a long-term journey in my opinion. But if you're in a shit league and, and you got a shit team and, and people aren't willing to trade with you unless you feel like they're really trying to just, you know, murder you from your team, then you know what? I would say, don't be afraid to leave. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm not leaving yet, but I would just say, don't be afraid to leave. But there is, there is some fun to the process of, of, uh, trying to, to rebuild, but there is a bit of a challenge when, uh, no one wants to trade with you. You better nail your fucking draft picks then. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you listen to that, he mentioned shit leagues, shit, shit. All, all that is, uh, you know, bad, bad league. And not necessarily South Harmon uh, league. But no, I think, I think there's some good points there to be made too. Um, l- looking at some of your leagues, and you don't have to stay in a dynasty league forever if, you, if it's not something that's fun for you. I think at the end of the day, this should be a thing that. We all play as, as a... Absolutely. It's for fun at the end of the day. You if, should if find joy if you're in not, it. If you look at a league and it makes you upset, it makes you not want to play the game, it makes you not want to be yep. a part of that league... Um, you should at least consider it. You should look internally probably first and then also <laughs> remove yourself from the league. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I think there's, there's good points there. And I think the last thing I will say about that is that I would challenge people to consider doing things different and seeing why or why they do or don't like those things. And, and you can probably implement and apply a lot of the lessons or strategies you learn by doing builds that you don't really like to do or wouldn't typically do in other um, avenues. So, for example, if you do a rebuild and you're someone that doesn't ever rebuild, well, first of all, good luck to you because a rebuild is coming unless you keep leaving leaks. <laughs> but you'll learn in the rebuild process by things you want to garner in a rebuild, maybe some ways that you can approach differently contending and when and how to trade with certain rebuilders, right? What assets you should be trying to get rid of, what makes a little more sense in their lens. Cause if all you've ever done is try to contend, you are looking at it through that lens, right? And mm-hmm. I think that ultimately you got to look at it through your league mates lens and important to get their, their input as than just whatever the fuck you think they want kind out of, of it. I'm going to stop you right there. Cause that, is probably the best point you've made the entire show is is understanding your league mates point of view and how they feel about things how they act it's all uh, I, I mentioned the stock market earlier and i'll mention playing poker right mm-hmm. yeah, the best poker players learn everything about their opponent right what makes them tick what makes them happy what makes them sad um so if you can you, you, and you don't have to do with everybody you don't have to learn everybody's personality in your entire league. If you can nail down two, three guys, and and but it's got to be genuine too, right? Like, uh, and and become you know, and develop a good relationship with them, right? They're gonna want to help you out, and and you're gonna want to help them out, right? And especially if you can, if one of those buddies is on the opposite spectrum of you, if a guy's competing, um, and you're not, you're tanking. You know what? How can I help you out? Right? How can I help you get better? Right? right. That's not collusion. That is just that's establishing a good relationship with somebody. Yep. Yep. Like you said about learning your league and, and learning your and your league makes your league mates and what makes them tick and what makes them happy, what makes yeah, them sad. For sure. Um that's gonna help you in the long run. Dynasty is a long run. It's it's a marathon. It is it is not a sprint. But I just want to jump in and yeah, yeah, and no, add that, that, that point because I appreciate I think that What's funny is that, that what you just brought up there at the end is um, a podcast Mike has been dodging for a while. Well, not really, but we've been talking about doing it and not doing it, which is 
understanding the importance of trading and how that actually makes all of your league mates incredibly important because there's only, you know, if you're in a 10 team league, it's nine other people, 12 team, 11 other people that you can trade with. And sometimes early on establishing a good trading relationship is arguably the most important thing you can do in a league Mm -hmm. because if you get stonewalled by half your league, you've now limited yourself to five places you can shop at Yep. five places you can sell to. Yep. And if the, ground of you know the unshaky ground is established on man this dude's a clown look at look at these fucking <laughs> offers i'm getting john dotson for mm. kyler murray right right i'm not trading with this guy or i you go into trading with this person male or female however you're going to have a certain way you feel about making a trade with them now and now that actually is going to be counterintuitive to what you want to do in the long term in the way you build whatever way that's going to be um but yeah i think when you think about it to the point you were saying, you know, a uh, good point that I made is that's understanding that for me anyway, I, I like to play a lot of the micro dynamics in Dynasty. And as I've continued to scale up leagues, I've found this year a lot through not necessarily having success. One, not paying as much attention in leagues as I should. But two, mm-hmm. not being able to, as you scale up, play the micro dynamics up in every single league. So, what that means is I'm playing a portfolio type approach, yeah. which doesn't really allow me to get into the weeds with some of the managers Absolutely. and figure out what they actually want. I can send out, you know, auto accept trade blocks and do a lot of portfolio things, which I think I've learned and are important, but it doesn't let you get to the micro dynamics. So that's partly why I want to get a little down and scale some back on my leagues. But understanding the way that your league mates trade is a huge, huge piece of dynasty. But um, and to the point of, of variance, you know, you're in two leagues with me, both leagues I've scored the most points for in the league, yep. both leagues. I did not earn a buy, right? And both leagues. I am sitting here watching y'all play in the title game. So Should we mentioned my buy. What's that? Should we mention my buy? You had a buy. Yeah. Right. And then played me and beat me. But how oh, did, I, oh, how did I do on my buy? Yeah. hundred. Because so what, uh, what did my, you have? What did you have? Like 129. My team shit the bed during so he, the bye week. I think it was 175 points on the bye week one versus 282 awful. on the week I would have lost against two. the majority of the league bye week. But that's what a bye week earns you, right? Absolutely. It, it, it makes it so the variance is a little more in your favor. You only have two weeks to win yep. versus three. So, yep. Um, yeah, I think that was good. I, I, honestly, I think a lot of really good points here. Any final thoughts you had or, you know, anything in general that you were thinking of like, all right, during this podcast or beforehand, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the dynasty degenerates, the shitheads know things that I thought about, you know, before, after, or during. Yeah. I think, uh, um, a couple of things. One is, is you mentioned, you know, um, ex- knowing your, your league mates, uh, you know, traits or or habits or you know how they may trade and and if you feel like you're not good at that i would say simply establishing a relationship with them you know whether it's you know talking to them on the league message board or shooting them a personal message every now and then you know once you like get to know what they like personally you don't necessarily need to know like i feel like when somebody says um you know get to understand their their trade habits that can be overwhelming for some people um because they feel like there's a science or there's approach to it like he wants a running back this time or 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 a, i've have found more success 
with just establishing a relationship with somebody. And it, it's a long game. I've said this numerous, it's a long game, right? And, and uh, establishing a relationship with somebody. I made a trade with somebody um, where they accepted the trade when they were drunk. It was a terrible trade. I don't even want to mention what the trade was in case they listened. It was so bad that they read it the wrong way and they accepted it. And then the next day when they were sober said, oh, I thought it was reversed. I didn't even know I had that guy on my team, which first of all, shame on you for not knowing you had that guy on your team. Anyway, um, but I offered. I said, you know what? I don't want to do you like that. You know, just go ahead, send through the the, the trade, you know, inverse. Send it and, back. Sure. And, and I'll go ahead and accept it. But I had already established a good relationship with this guy. And he was like, you know what? Nah, that's my bad. That's on me. I should have, I should have, uh, I, I should have been watching more closely. So like, don't worry about it. And I was like, you sure, man, I want to make sure that we're cool in the future. And he was like, yeah, no worries. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I get, but I'm also talking, that was luck, right. I, that, 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 that ended up on my team. Yeah. Um, so it's establishing relationships with your guys on your team. I think um, it kind of goes hand in hand with establishing the trade, you know, cause we're all in it for we're all in it for ourselves of we're course. not in it yeah. for you know and secondary is camaraderie and and getting to know everybody and and having a good time that's why i mentioned earlier if you're not having a good time then consider leaving the league because that's why you joined the league in the in, in the first place yep. um but that was that's probably what i learned most about this season because in the team where i in in the league where i'm you know i'm not a great team at all and i feel i've felt stonewalled and and blocked off and and adam might not mention it but he feels the same way because there's a there's a trade restriction against him uh <laughs> because he he took the league by storm and and uh and still haven't won yeah and still hasn't won and and he's led the league in points every single year but it's just you know establish a relationship and and if you establish those relationships i think you stick around and if you don't i think like i said you you consider leaving. But I think if you do establish good relationships with a good two, three, four people, I, I think um, it's a good little, uh, um, what was it in Survivor that they had, the, like the teams would come together and was it like, you know what I mean? I'll like tell you the truth, I wasn't like, the biggest Survivor watcher, Yeah, honestly. I wasn't either, but they, it was like, a, I don't remember what the word was. Somebody's watching this is probably screaming at me right now, <laughs> but it's like, it's not a coalition or anything like that. But, you know, you join together and it's like, you're not necessarily against the rest of the league. I mean, if so facto, yeah, you kind of are because you guys are all working together because you feel comfortable working together. But I'd say, you know, just, uh, you know, you don't have to know all 11, 12, 13, 14, however many guys are in your league. Just get to know a couple of them and see how they can help you out. And, you know, that in and of itself um, will make your team better. You might not win the championship, but right, sure. that will put you in a position where I guarantee you will feel better about your team. Sure. And I think and if you can establish a relationship with somebody that is on an equal opposite strategy that you are, that is even sure. That is the, the best build. That yeah. is the best strategy that you could possibly um, build. Find somebody that is, uh, if you're going for it, that is looking to rebuild. And if you're rebuilding, find somebody that's going for it. Help each other out. Right. People yeah. helping people. Well, that that's what makes the difference in dynasty and redraft, though, is the ability to in in redraft. If you're not both trading for the ability to win now, why are we trading? Right. You're you're able right. to find a trade that's beneficial to both right. sides, right. right? And that's ultimately because, like you talked about, you do want and only you only care about winning your league. You only mm -hmm. care about winning your trade. You only care about your team. 
But in order to actually care about that, the long run is actually making beneficial trades for the other person. So yep. they want to come back and trade with you again. Because if you only send trade offers which are one-sided or you only make trades which happen to look back in hindsight in 2020 are one-sided i'm not trading with this dude look at this i'm gonna so get what i'm you're gonna saying keep getting... there's there's more there's more than the players and picks that are being traded there might be some some uh i don't know personal preference that might like if i like i like you right and i want to see you do well so maybe I might be more likely to, I'm not saying make it fake, right? The more genuine it is, the better that it is. But if Adam's going to win, I know Adam's going, he's, he's making a push for the championship. Guess what? I like Adam. I might want to see him win the championship. I might be willing to, you know, forgive that little, I don't know, juice. Yeah. Uh, so well, to say on a bet that it's like, okay, yeah, here you go. Go ahead. Go, go for it, man. Well, and that's also, I think, if you establish a trading relationship, you're talking more so, okay, every single trade doesn't have to be in merit 100% where I win by some sort of X value. Maybe this one in the benefit of us making a deal where I'm going to win out and actually go win a title. I don't love this deal, but everything I'm looking at asset-wise, this makes sense for both sides. I'm going to take this deal in effort to keep make a trade Absolutely. go through. So, yeah, there's there's truth to that. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing moving forward to um, – is just think about that for yourself. A lot of the things we talked about here, you know, if you're in the championship, good for you. If you're not, it's all right. Join the rest of us. <laughs> Join the, you know, majority of your league that's yeah. not there. And think about how you're going to get there. What's going to be different for you in your league? Um, think about what strategies and what things you learned from this year and what ways you can kind of change and improve your process because it's going to be a long fucking off season. And whether you want Mike or I to tell you things or whatever. You don't have to tap into this podcast, but if you do, you're going to keep hearing different ways that we've learned, both winning and losing. Mike mostly winning, myself losing a lot this year. Why we're going to change and what we're going to do. Think about that for yourself because Dynasty of Generous, this is going to be a long offseason. The 24 class is loaded. If you have not made trades and you still have the ability to when you listen to this, find ways if you're out of the playoffs and the deadline is not up Go do what you can to help push to the two teams that are still in the game or playing for third place if they fucking care. Giving them players to help win now to get as many 24 players as you can because that class is loaded. Loaded. Even second and third round draft picks loaded. Yeah, the second round is going to be definitely legit. And there's going to be plenty of dart throws in the third. We saw this year plenty of people hitting the third Pukunakua type. So give yourself as many uh, dart throws as you can. And just remember... When your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess.